Paper Royale. Paper is royal. It's all about royalty. The trans people are that royal. Remember, we are loyal. Nothing for us without us. This is about us. Love us just the way we are. This is who we are. We love who we are. This is the time to speak. This is the time to be heard. Time for trans people to be heard. This, This is Paper Royale. Welcome to another episode of the Paper Royal Podcast. I'm your host, Tanag. On this platform, we share real-life experiences by the trans community in Zimbabwe. Very personal, thought-provoking, and eye-opening. Now, in this episode, Beyonce, a trans woman based in Harare, shares a story of becoming the highs, the lows, and everything in between as she finds her true self. She also talks about her experiences in trying to get herself onto unprescribed medication as a way of gender affirmation. Listen to this. Hi guys, my name is Joseph Saint Tony Guerre, but y'all can call me Beyonce. Currently, I'm turning 24 on the 31st of October. I grew up thinking that I was only just a boy, but what I felt inside taught me otherwise. I grew up with just my mom, dad, and my sister. And when my family was not around, I used to do a fashion show for myself with my sister's clothes and my mom's heels and the feeling got stronger each passing day. Growing up was a challenge for me. I faced so many battles so many problems and so many obstacles well i fought some of them solved some of them and stepped on top of some of them but when i thought i had it all under control the shadows of death took my father away from me whom i used to run to when people bullied and attacked me because of being who i am i'm still not sure if he knew that his son was different or transgender or whatever but he used to be on my side every time i'd love to say that he was my hero i got past everything i accepted that he was normal and it was when i reached the age of 18 when i met this guy at church i was singing and he was new to the team he played the guitar Oh, I would love to say that my voice caught his attention and he somehow enjoyed it because he mentioned it when we had a conversation. He noticed that I was transgender and after church we had a very good long conversation and later on he asked for my number. After a very long chat on WhatsApp we started dating. We met a couple of times. I felt he was my heaven on earth, my last, my first, and everything I needed it more. I bet you get what I'm trying to say. Then on the 11th of September 2016, the day that haunts me even now, the day I'll never forget. He invited me to his house 
out of the blue. Well, we used to just meet in the streets, take a walk, do all things in, in the streets. And with so much excitement and so much love for him, I couldn't wait. I took my twos, and by twos, I mean condoms and lubes. <laughs> he came to pick me up and he had a young boy in the back seat of his car. Well, I didn't actually get why the boy was in the car. We drove to his place. When we got there, there were four ladies sitting under a tree. They looked at me with suspicious eyes. I noticed one lady, she looked at me and felt disgusted by my presence. And by this time, I felt very uncomfortable. When we entered inside his house, went to the bedroom, I noticed ladies' shoes on the shoe rack and clothes hanged on the nails that were hammered against the walls, ladies' clothes. And seeing all of this, something told me that something was wrong. I wanted to go home. I told him I needed to get home, but he insisted that I should stay a little longer. Well, my feelings wanted to stay. Then he said he would be back in a jiffy. He went outside and a few minutes later, a lady who happened to be the wife, walks in, banged the door and started shouting. She said a word after a word. I couldn't really get what she was saying. I was so scared until she shouted, Wow, my heart started beating so fast. I almost fainted. Everything happened so fast, guys. I was tortured, beaten up, stripped naked. And there was a huge mob waiting outside to attack me. Then they decided to contact H Metro to get me exposed. But I thank God, because in a way, the journalists that came, they helped me. They took me to their car, asking people not to interfere. They told them that they were taking me to the police station and everything would be resolved. But when we got to the car, they said to my so-called boyfriend, you should join us, you're coming with us. Well, when we were in the car, they asked me to take them to my parents. And I told them my father was dead. And in fear of thinking what my mom would go through, I had to lie to them that my mom was out of the country. They insisted and said we should go to my place and see whoever was there. I had no option than just to go home. I gave them directions and then they drove. We arrived at my place, parked outside the gate, and they started asking questions before we entered the premises. Asked me what relationship I had with the guy. Still not sure though what really happened back at his house, despite the fact that he lied to me and all that happened to me back at his place why he trapped me. I wanted to cover for him and tell the guys that I was just trying my luck on a straight guy. But then later, the journalist told me that I didn't have to lie. Somehow he knew that there was something between us. 
and in private, I told him everything he needed to know. We then went outside inside my house. There was my mom standing with my cousin, surprised to see male visitors, three of them. I almost teared up seeing my mom, but I had to be man enough. Well, after a conversation with my mom, they told her everything, they explained everything that happened. My mother teared up and seeing all of this, I wished death upon myself. And after a long conversation, the journalists, my mom and my so-called girlfriend, they agreed that we didn't have to go to the police. And those words alone took something off my shoulders and my chest. They promised to not to publish my story. I was slightly happy, but a few days later, my story was published. I don't know what really happened to them, why they published the story, but there I was on the headline. And it was like, boy cries for help. I don't want to be gay. Mother and her friend called me to the dining room to see my story. I saw the newspaper, I saw the headline, read it, and there I was exposed. I felt ashamed, I felt embarrassed and miserable. I wished I could just disappear or die. But my mom's friend said to me, it was not the end of the world. And as Christians, they said we should find help and pray about this. Well, after fastings, prayers, and anointing oils, I was surprised that the so-called demon was still telling me that, girl, I'm not going anywhere. This is my home and I'm here to stay. Honestly, I don't think that being gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, or queer can be labeled as a sin or a demon or whatever. There is a Bible verse that says, He knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. So it means that he knew that I was going to grow up a transgender. Well, some suggested native doctors, some suggested the Kumasoe. I went through a lot, guys, but I, remain, I remained who I was. Well, the following day, the guy came, my so-called boyfriend, he came and luckily no one was around. And just to clear out the air, I had to know what really transpired the other day, why he betrayed me and led me to my own misery. He explained to me that he had a wife and he didn't want to tell me about her. So she saw messages from me in his phone and asked about them and he had to deny it. And they agreed that they should bring me to face her face to face. And just to prove that he was not gay or bisexual. I didn't believe him, so I told him to leave and never come back. I cried as I watched him leave. So ever since that incident, it took me more than a year fighting suicidal thoughts, fighting stigma, 
fighting hatred, suffering family cutoffs, hate speeches, and attacks from the community. It really wore me down. The only support I got was from my mom. Even today, she stands by me. I would say she is my refuge, my hero. And then one day, I just told myself that I should never give up because the plan for my life far exceeds the circumstances of today. And with moral support from the few friends I made, they told me that I should do more of what makes me happy. I listened and started to be who I was. And one day, my father's brother called me to come over his place and he asked me questions about my sexual orientation. I had to be honest with him. I had to tell him the truth and everything. To my surprise, he just said, okay, if that's what you feel, Tingakwite say, just do Zinjago, Sisinga Trust me guys, hearing this, I didn't know how to react. My eyes bursted with tears. My heart was filled with so much joy that my hands started shaking. My lower lip started shaking and I didn't know what to say. I cried for a few minutes. His words alone gave me courage to dispel everything that had happened to me. And a few family members are coming around. They are accepting me for being who I am. And this led to living the life I always desired. It was my friend who taught me about taking birth control pills as hormones. My friend had boobs and calves and I admired it. When he told me that I could take birth control pills as hormones, I could not wait but try it out. I remember the first day I started taking the pills, I was overzealous that I took two pills at once, thinking that it, it would speed up the process. But later that night, I woke up, my tummy was in severe pain. I couldn't enjoy it. I rushed to the toilet and threw up to the point that I wanted to throw up my intestines. But in the morning, I felt better and I wanted to visit the doctor. But feeling so embarrassed, thinking about how I will explain it to him. I stayed back home, but because I wanted to transition so bad, in the evening, I took one pill and I didn't, I didn't experience any pain. Right now, it's working perfectly and I'm loving the woman I am becoming. So I would say that now I don't regret what happened to me in the past. It made me realize the kind of a person that I want to become, regardless of whatever obstacles I have to face. I have a flag to fly and I'm going to fly it not in the inside anymore. I'm gonna fly it loud and proud cause I know who I am. I have my own anthem. I am transgender and I am gonna change my past. Now, legally accessing drugs for hormone therapy is impossible in Zimbabwe, as the country lacks gender-affirming health facilities. 
I've spoken to some transgender persons here who have resorted to natural methods as well to boost their hormones or in trying to be who they are. In the next audio, we'll listen to a poem uh, from a trans man, Mabolo, who has shared his story on this platform before. In this one, he bemoans the lack of easy and safe access to medication needed for him to transition to be the man he wants to be. Take a listen. But why? But why? I ask, but why? And now far, do not doubt about the round the gonek over Nichimiro Chandino da Semunurum Armandi. Cos under the moon one. Nothing to no sort of Zuverandaga Berego. Ringa Derek of Varachi Beroco Chamevang. Dising on the Namoy and Rukun. Dingori wise in am foods. Vanachi Rimba and am coat. Vanundishoro pods. Hansi Mashura. Munukazaruda Gushinja Quita Munurum. Nikayako in Dagmawe. Mitengo ya mishonga ya kutindumbe ya omuviru wangu kutindiwe murume aisha chengeke. Kwa inka magawi mvisa wani manu kuti mchabe tira munuwese. Kwa inia amundu wana oere. Taurene ya ni mundi nzuziseo. Tigone kwao se murume panivamwe varume. Now, hormonal therapy plays a crucial role in lives of uh, trans persons wishing to have uh, bodies of their choice. And accessing these on the black market is not only harmful to our health, but exposes us to the dangers of overdose. There is also a risk of getting jobbed by dealers who often don't have enough information about the drugs they sell to the vulnerable transgender community. I've also heard of others who now travel outside of Zimbabwe uh, to get these hormones, which is a burden as it becomes very expensive. More conversations around this issue are needed in order to find a lasting solution so that the overall well-being of the transgender community in Zimbabwe is taken into account. We'll leave it there for this episode. I'm your host, Tanak. We would like to thank the other foundation for supporting the production of this episode, as well as Transmart Trust, Children's Radio Foundation, and the Edwick Foundation. If you are an NGO, corporate, or philanthropist, we encourage you to get involved and reach out to us. The Paper Royal Podcast is for the community, by the community. Together, we will continue to give a voice to the often silenced yet valuable trans population in Zimbabwe. Don't forget to follow us and contact us on our social media platforms on Facebook and on Instagram. We are at Paper Royal Podcast. Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast with your networks. Looking forward to the next episode. Until then, take care.